Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. College baseball fans, college baseball is returning to Globe Life Field, home of the World Series champion Texas Rangers. Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas is kicking off the college baseball season by hosting some of the top teams in the country over three consecutive weekends. The action starts with the Shriners Children's College Showdown presented by Kubota from February 16th to the 18th and continues with the Kubota College Baseball Series from February 23rd to the 25th and March 1st to the 3rd. Visit globelifefield.com forward slash college baseball for more information. Tickets for all three weekends are on sale now. College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 44 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. Tonight's podcast brought to us by Martha, Kendall Rogers' phone, and S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. The key word with S2, an assessment. Get an assessment on what kind of swing decisions you're making as a hitter. That is the key to moving forward in a positive direction. We're also brought to you by Pitch Logic. Pitch Logic is the system used by players, coaches, scouts, and instructors at all levels of play, from youth leagues to the big leagues. Easy to use and affordable technology that make the platform accessible to every player at every level. All the metrics and features used at the highest level of baseball. See pitchlogic.com for more information. Uh, as always, joined by three great humanoids, Zebby Barrels, Aaron J. Fit, Kendall Bradley J. Rogers, and Joseph Josephus Healy. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we doing? Good evening, Runes. Doing great. 20, what, 25 days now to opening day? Yeah. We'll be here before yeah. we Kendall, your phone rang like moments before we hit record. Uh, any scoop? Like that Joe's to be, pickleball to ranking? To be fair, has that was a. To be fair, that was an that was an ESPN uh, news alert that uh, Joel uh, scored seventy points against the Spurs. Joel Embiid, yeah, seventy Joe points. Sixers. How about that? Very good, uh, gentlemen. Let me. We're we're gonna go impromptu inane banter as we kick this puppy off. The yeah. agenda for tonight's podcast is today we drop the story on teams twenty six through forty, those teams that just missed the preseason top twenty five. Um, we could have done a preseason top. 100. It's so many good teams right now in college baseball. Here's the inane banter. Um, My my brain was swimming. I want you all to name the greatest sports character in history, says you. I will start. If anybody's watching the video, my tag name tonight is Jimmy Chitwood. Uh, I will make the shot. I'll make the shot, is what he said to the great Gene Hackman, Norman Dale, if you will. So I'm going with Jimmy Chitwood, the the shooter from the 1954, let's call it, Hickory High. What were they, Joe? The Huskers? No, they weren't the Huskers. What was Hickory? The Shockers? All right, Google. There are people screaming at their... uh, I'm screaming uh, at myself. How do I not know what Hickory was? I want to call him. I think it was an HH. Uh, let, let's go with the Crawdads. <laughs> yeah, they, they were the Crawdad. They were the. the Runes, can I just go with? Can I just go with Latimer from the program? Oh, that was. I mean, on who, doesn't, the other who day. doesn't love Latimer? Oh, back so when, back good. when steroids were fun. <laughs> they were. They were no. I don't know how fun they were, but they were in play. Oh my gosh, yeah. Latimer getting after it. Uh, the program, underrated movie. That was on the other day, and Jenny and I could not turn it off. It, it was captivating. Yeah, it had Jane, James Conn, right? Was a coach in that movie? Yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. I thought, yeah. Yeah, less than scrupulous coach. Fitzy, do you have uh, a favorite all-time sports character? I mean, you know what? I'm going to be totally boring here, but I feel like i got to represent my hometown of Durham, North Carolina. I'm going to go with uh, Crash Davis. You know, I mean, well, I, iconic, you iconic uh, 
Crash uh, Davis was great. Baseball That's a good one. legend. Yep. Joe, please say Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I mean, that's that is that is a good answer. Thank you, thank you for teeing me up there. I was, I was actually, um, I was actually going to go with Roger Dorn from Major League. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. good Corbin Burnson. I just love Dorn. There's Suzanne Dorn. Yeah, uh, like like there's the there's the one scene where like he hasn't been playing in a long time, and then they, they need a they need a bat a runner on base, and so they're like Dorn, isn't this the guy who throws at you all the time? They, they so put him great. in there to get hit by a pitch, <laughs> and he like almost falls over. He's like, oh, he's like, oh. Do you think Roger Dorn is who Butch Thompson was talking about when he said players are allowed to get better? I mean, that guy well, just really turned the corner for that squad, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Kind of a stone hands defender, Dorn, if I remember from the hey, runes. Can I actually go with my real one? It's not really Latimer, it's Paul Blake off of uh, Necessary Roughness. You know, really? you know okay. the movie I'm talking about, right? Yes, Texas but not enough great command. I don't have good command of it. Okay. So, look you at you watch that. That's like uh, Rob Schneider, you got uh, Scott Bakula, you got Kathy Ireland, Sinbad's in that movie. It's a, wow. it's a great show, real. I real. Need to get on that. Joe, uh, do we have an answer from you? Final answer. Uh, go with Dorn. Like that, oh, that's Dorn. a real answer. Yeah, that's that a, is that's a real answer. A okay. That's a funny what about scene, um? Yeah. Did you look up Hickory High? What their nickname was? I don't. Okay, I'm going to out myself here as being like I've never seen Hoosiers. So let's go ahead, like what? yuck it up, laugh it up, Kurt whatever Reed you need went to do. To Hickory. Really? That's interesting. You got kicked out of Hickory High for not watching <laughs> the right. movie Hoosiers. Yeah, he, that's he, right. he wouldn't flush the toilet in the bathroom. Joe, I'm you're on just seeing how young you are. That's what you're doing right there. That's right. I'm on the Wikipedia page here, and I don't, I don't see reference to any sort of mascot. So, like, maybe they just were Hickory High in the movie. Like, maybe they didn't reference a mascot. We're, we're just gonna go with the Crawdads. Move on. Crawdads, Crawdads. It is. Uh, no one said Roy Hobbs. I think that's another great answer right there. A lot of good answers, but um, Ricky Bobby is clearly the best answer. So, very good. Uh, gentlemen, that's a, there, there is no segue for that. Um, we, we all have differing opinions there, much like we've had differing opinions on our top 25 and then our 26 through 40. It's really one of the fun parts of the preseason uh, is, is we have to, you kind of have to decide, are you going to just pound the table for a team? Are you going to chicken out like Coach Rooney's about to out himself for? Um, it, it is an incredible exercise. Like our, our, I wish we could video our WhatsApp thread at times because it's you really, you really have to, it's 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 like a, it's like a trial. So we, I have some categories for us tonight, and and okay. and feel free to comment on any groups. Here's the first category of twenty six through forty. By the way, folks, if you are um, uh, if you've not looked at that, that was on the website today, January twenty second. You could press pause, go look at it. Um, you know, some really good teams on there. Like I would say, all fifteen teams very much have Omaha upside. Um, here's my first category, boys, and I will, I'll, I'll start. The team on this list, 26 through 40, where you just chickened out. There's better ways to say that, where you, the more you looked at them, the more you thought, oh, dang it, they probably belong in 1 through 25. Now, the problem is for them to go into 1 to 25, someone's got to come out, and we've got great conviction on those teams too. That's the problem, but I'll, here, here's the team I love, I love, love, love in this group, UC Irvine. Yeah. And I, the, the more I looked at him, the more I thought, Coach Rooney, you are a chicken bleep. Because when, when you know, when Finnegan Wall got hurt and was out for the year, he, I backed off. You know, like I kind of lost my conviction on Irvine. I shouldn't have. They've got every every at bat back. Their shortstop back, Woody Hadine, Joe Ayama, Anthony Martinez are stars. Um, Caden Kendall was the Big West Player of the Year. Uh, Nick Pinto, I bet you, boys, Nick Pinto, their fifth-year senior left-hander, I bet you he's the active leader in games started for a, a pitcher in college baseball. I think it's 40 or something like that. It, it might be greater than 40. I mean, obviously, he's been a starter for five years. Yeah, um, ben, ben, Ham ben Hampton might be in the mix for that, too. Yeah, Ben Hampton, that's a great call. Ben Hampton would be in there. I, we'll, we'll Google that as we're talking. But anyway, I, I, I think I speak for the group. Like, we love the eaters. Um, but, you know, you get news that they have a, a rotation injury, you know, days before you do a top 25 ranking. It's a little jarring when pitching was the question mark anyway. So you guys can comment on Irvine or if you have another team that you feel like, dang it, I, you know, like I, I wish I had fought harder for them. Go for it. 
Yeah, Runes, I'll, I'll go off of UCI real quick. Um, the one thing I kind of noticed about them, just d- doing a little deeper dive on them, is what's unique about them is being a Big West team with that much power in their lineup. If you look at their, their lineup, they got three or four guys with big-time power. And, you know, historically, you don't really look at Big West teams and go, oh, wow, look, you know, look at how many power bats are in that lineup outside of a couple of teams. So uh, I thought that stood out. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I, I'll be honest, the team that, like, I think we all kind of chickened out a little bit on uh, is probably Auburn. Um, the thing about Auburn is, I mean, obviously Joe Gonzalez, but, you know, Chase also, he's a guy that they, they're expecting to take a big step forward. And yeah, I mean, he's been a little inconsistent. He's got big time raw stuff. He's been inconsistent, but if there's one person who can kind of figure him out, it's probably Butch Thompson. And so I just think when you look at, you know, Auburn's lineup, I think they're going to be a solid offensive club. Um, I, I just think Auburn's going to be pretty good. The problem you run into with Auburn is as good as we think they're going to be, like somebody in the SEC has to lose, right? Like somebody in the SEC can't be top 25. So they're just kind of the odd team out. But they're one of those clubs that, you know, Joe mentioned on the pod last week. But, I mean, we could be looking at the end of the season and they're back in a super regional and yeah. everybody's saying told you so. But, well, uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I certainly it wouldn't be any kind of surprise. I mean, all that no. really needs to happen is – does Gonzalez come back healthy and regains form and does also take a step? You know, those are the, the, the two major question marks looming over Auburn. That's why we didn't rank them because I think we're all a little bit spooked by the Gonzalez situation. Um, you know, last year was a lost season and, and even in the fall, he was still kind of working his way back. And we, we just don't know. I mean, it's a wild card. He was, we saw how good he was as a freshman two years ago. He pitched for team USA. He's got pedigree, but is he going to, you know, he's going to be that again. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I hope so, you know, for for his sake um, and for Auburn's sake. Uh, but it's just it's just an unknown. And, and certainly also, I mean, same thing, like a guy that has enormous stuff, but uh, it is very much an unknown. If you look at the walk rate last year, he walked 33 guys in 49 innings. Um, I mean, he's you know, he's got two years now of experience, but he still hasn't really been a consistent strike thrower. And there's a lot riding on those two guys for me. Uh, I do like you know, their bullpen. And I think Cam Tilly could step in and be an impact weekend guy. Um, you know, whether or not those two guys are, uh, are returned to, you know, can, can take that step and hold down rotation jobs. Tilly could wind up being the guy there, but he's a freshman, you know, so another unknown. Um, so, I mean, I, I like, I think they have pieces, they have obvious upside. Um, you know, I think their lineup, I think you use the right word, Kendall, it looks solid, but it doesn't have maybe the kind of firepower that when you look around the league, a lot of other teams have. And so what's kind of the carrying tool for Auburn? Um, it just feels like a solid club, you know, with, with some question marks. And so, I, you know, I, we, we talked a lot about them. It's just kind of one of those things where because of the, 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 the program history and the coaching staff, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And we almost did, you know, but um, again, we just kind of ran out of real estate at the end of the list. And we wound up, we talked about South Carolina, we talked about Auburn. Uh, you know, I think South Carolina has a lot more certainty in their, their lineup. They're going to be, I think, an offensive juggernaut. Uh, I don't think Auburn is going to be an offensive juggernaut. I think they're going to be solid. And, you know, South Carolina has question marks on the mound too, but they've got a lot of depth, you know. And, and so uh, you can't just go to the team that has the has the carrying tool when we were breaking down those last SEC teams. And for me, it was South Carolina's carrying tool was that that offense, which I just have a high degree of conviction in. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you hit on like another variable for Auburn. I think we – we're inclined to look at the pitching staff and say, we have questions about Joseph Gonzalez. We have questions about Chase Alsup. We have questions about Christian Herberholz, Tanner Bauman, on and on and on. And I think one thing I've been guilty of is overlooking the fact that they're leaning pretty heavily on guys like Mason Mainers and Javon Hernandez and Derek Fabian and Cooper Weiss. And I have a pretty decent level of confidence that that they'll find somebody, but but those are guys who have put up good numbers at the mid-major level. And, you know, the coming those guys from the mid-major level kind of tend to be a little bit of a coin flip, right? Like they understand what can happen on the high end, right? We all remember Sonny D. But for every one of those, there's a couple of guys who just, they just weren't ready for that level for whatever reason. And so that that's definitely a variable there. But the final point I'll, I'll say about Auburn too is just that they just tend to find guys, right? Because this time last year, we weren't looking at Bryson Ware as a guy who was going to hit 24 bombs. Um, and really Cole Foster wasn't what he ended up being like Cole Foster had a, he, he was a nice player, but he took another step last year offensively. Right. And so is it Chris Stanfield? Is it Cooper McMurray? Like they've definitely got some guys there and on the mound. I mean, look, you give Butch Thompson a, a deep staff, which feels like that's what they have as opposed to star power. I, I feel pretty good about it. And 
last year that was a team that you know hosted a regional with their Friday guy being a sixth year senior on his third team who had never started more than two games in a season until last year and they made it work I mean so look this is one of these where we all know we're wrong about this (laughs) and we we just we we had to do it because we you know didn't have to but you know we went around and around and around about it and I don't think any of us feel good about it but it's just kind of where we where the, the chips fell I guess yeah, I'll defend it. Go ahead, Fitzy. I'll defend it. You know, I, for the reasons that we've all talked about, I, I, I don't think we are wrong. You know, I think their their team will be in and out of the top twenty-five this year. They're just they're just off the top. You know, just just off the cusp. There, they'll be in at times and they'll be out at times. But I don't I don't think we're going to look you know terribly foolish. I, I don't think they're going to be an Omaha team this year. They could be, but I don't think they will be. I'll put a bow on, on Auburn with this. The you know we're 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 betting against a team that in the last five completed seasons have been to four regionals, three super regionals, two Omahas. I mean, that that Omaha two years ago, they took down a really good Oregon State team in Corvallis. Like, that was eye-popping to watch what they did. Now, they also, the, the fifth season was a 10-win SEC season. You know, like, there was a bottom bottoming out in there, too. I'll tell you the other question mark I have for Auburn. I don't believe Ike Irish is draft eligible. I think he's a, a not a draft eligible sophomore. But he wants to catch. And I'm skeptical of that. And I think he's one of the best hitters in the country. And, you know, if anybody can work through this, it's Butch Thompson. But when, you know, players in 2024, it's not just the player. It's their family. It's their agent. And if Ike Irish can prove that he can catch, that's a big draft pick next year. If he can't catch, that's like a three-round drop. And that's not lost on everyone involved in the situation. And so, you know, but if you're Auburn, you can't, you know, we just talked about their, their question mark is pitching. You can't double down on that question mark with questionable catching, in my opinion. And so that's going to be a real, like Butch Thompson gets paid to make the, the tough decisions and he's really good at that. But I think that's a tricky one because the kid is so talented, but I don't know. I could be dead wrong. He could be an awesome catcher. I just like, I, I just don't know. The body type doesn't scream that for me. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of guessing there, but um, that, that is very, in, that's an intriguing situation for me because it's, there's just a lot at stake individually. And now we're asking the individual to put the team first. It, you know, it is what it is there. Um, let me take us to our second topic, boys. Who's the most mysterious team on this list? The team that, you just felt like I just still don't know, and let's just take a guess here. Go ahead, Joe. I raised my hand quickly because for me, and as a person who's writing obviously all the preview stuff for SEC Extra, I would believe any number of outcomes for Ole Miss, and I'm pretty comfortable with the personnel. This is not mystery personnel. It's just like because you have a lot of conflicting things. Oh, and by the way, before I forget again. I will, I'll make sure to, to make my, my answer here with Ole Miss a little bit shorter. I did find, however, that in the movie Hoosiers, their mascot is the Huskers. Um, and they're specifically, so they're the Huskers, and their mascot is named Mr. Corn. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, apparently, two paintings of Mr. Corn can currently be found in the Hoosier gym in Knightstown, Indiana, the Huskers' home court. I'm assuming the, home, the, the floor used in the movie. Um, but yeah, Mr. So Mr. Corn, and there's a delightful picture here of Mr. Corn um, oh, that I wish. Well, you know, the real move on to Ole the Miss. real oh, city ahead, is new. Well, the new the real city of that is like New Richmond, Indiana. It's not that actually Hickory. They're all small towns with college gymnasiums. Uh, what is uh, Fitzy? What is the name of the mascot for the Deeks? Mr. Is it Mr. Deacon? What, what's his name? Do we know? Uh, More Googling for Joe. Let's go. Mr. Mr. Deke sounds good. Let's go with that. <laughs> Mr. Corn is epic. That is an all-time great mascot name. Thank for you sure. for that, Joseph. For sure. Uh, I am. Uh, well, I will. I will effort the name of the Deacon uh, momentarily. Um, but with Ole Miss, like it's it, so I have a good grasp on the personnel. It's just a matter of how good is Grayson Sonye? How good is JT Quinn? How good is Sam Takoy? And how good is Xavier Rivas? Um, how good are guys like Josh Mallett's coming back from injury? And then offensively, again, much like Auburn, I like their position player transfers more than I like Auburn's, but they are taking a big leap with that group. And also, I'm a little bit unnerved by the fact that last year, 
this wasn't like a catastrophic injury season. Yes, they lost Hunter Elliott. Yes, they didn't have a couple of relievers, Mallets, chief among them. But this wasn't a situation where they just got decimated by injuries. They were just bad, you know? Um, so that's a little bit unnerving. But you set that aside, and then you look at, do I think Mike Bianco forgot how to coach? Like, a year after winning a national title? No. He has 20-plus years of history on his side. Last year was the first year Ole Miss had finished under 500 under Mike Bianco. It was also far and away the worst conference record under Mike Bianco. I think by uh, their next worst SEC record might have been 12 and 18. Last year they were 6 and 24. Different SEC, I get it. But so anyway, I just don't I would believe it if you told me like, "Hey, this is Mississippi State 2.0, where maybe like they're a little better next year, but it's not enough to put them back in the postseason. I would also believe it if you told me like, hey, this is back to being the Ole Miss we, we knew and their pitching took a step forward and like they're challenging to host a regional and, and all mm. of that stuff. I would also believe that. And I just don't really have a great feel for where that's going to land because to Kendall's point earlier of like somebody in the SEC has got to lose games. Um you know, respectfully, it can't just be Mizzou in a rebuilding Georgia, right? I mean, somebody else is going to lose games in there. So how they could be better, but how much ground does it do they end up making up? That's the, the yeah. ultimate question. It it feels like a team that has a wide range of outcomes because I do believe if you know if Quinn and Sonya and Rivas hit, then they're going to be awesome because I actually I, I love the bullpen. I think they did really really well in the transfer portal i've talked about that a lot you know with the the four everyday guys that are probably gonna hit the top five in their order i mean i think they did very well with that group uh it's jt quinn was electric in the fall he the pitch ability took a jump is you know the stuff's always been there but it's four pitches he's got ace potential uh but all three of those guys had six eras last year you know and so it's but but on the other, other side of the coin i like the fact that all three of them now are you know, experienced SEC starters. They've been through the ringer. Um, they, they had no choice. They had to throw those guys out there, let them wear it. But I feel like you can see guys like that take a step forward once you, once you have that, that experience under your belt. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by Ole Miss. I, I think they're going to be better than, than people think than, than, you know, than most of us think probably, uh, but they could also not be, I mean, if those guys don't throw enough strikes. So it definitely, certainly it's a team that is, is a, I think fits this mysterious category well, but for the team that I want to bring up here, runes uh it's louisville you know and a team that's in a similar boat it's just a team that has been a consistent winner for basically since dan mcdonald got there in 2007 they they win every year i mean since they joined the acc they i think still have the most wins in that league um since they since they've been in the league and last year was kind of startlingly bad year um and uh, i i like their position player group quite a bit um, I, I think they're going to be very athletic. I, I'm, I'm high on Eddie King is one of my favorite breakout guys. I like Isaac Humphrey as a, as a, a breakout guy. Um, you know, I, I think Logan Beard is a nice veteran. They, they got some nice pieces in this lineup. Um, but you know, the, the, the pitching is, is kind of a question mark for me. It, 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 it feels like it's got a chance to be pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think Sebastian Gongor was a nice addition through the portal at coming off a strong year, uh, at the mid-major level. And, and, you know, Patrick Forbes is, is, is a, very intriguing pick to, to click Joe. I know you saw him in the fall and it was up to 95, I think, right. With, uh, with good secondary stuff. I don't know if he's going to be a weekend starter. It sounds like they think he's got a real chance to be, um, you got Carson Leggett. So, I mean, there, there are, there are some, there are some pieces here, but like, it, it just, it feels like I can't put my finger on why they weren't better last year. And, and that, that is, is kind of weird to me. It's like, you know, I, I can't imagine a Dan McDonald team will have another, really bad year. I mean, I think that they've got to be a regional team. Um, are they going to be a top 25 team again? They very well might be, you know, but I, I just, I, that one's I me. Mean, I just don't know that that's a, that one's a mystery to me. The the guy that's interesting for me, when you look at Louisville's the, the Luton Napleton kid, the D three guy. Um, I mean, if you look at his numbers last year, the D three levels like three fifty two, like 29 jacks. And that's one of those guys that like, you have no idea what to expect, but I mean, if he, if, the, if he makes a, you know, a smooth transition to D one baseball, uh, I mean, that's a game changer for them. Yep. Yeah. And and I don't, don't you think part of the problem with Louisville is the ACC has kind of grown up around them? When they first jumped in that league, they yeah. just dominated. Like, they had some crazy five-year stretch where they barely lost a weekend series. And then next thing you know, you look up and Duke's been to three Super Regionals. And Boston College nearly hosts a regional. And Notre Dame's been to Omaha. And Wake Forest is the number one team. Like, Wake Forest isn't even, like, really good. They're, like, the best team. 
and and so you know it, it's getting that league has a little bit of that SEC element, maybe a lot of it, where unfortunately somebody's got to lose the games, and just because you have a famous brand doesn't mean that you're immune to that. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to state. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, interestingly, ahead, I feel ahead. like that the ACC has worked both for and against Louisville, because I agree with you that teams that used to be also rands in the ACC have have kind of come alive. And, and you can even point to teams like Boston College. You know, I, I don't think we saw that coming last year. Mm-hmm. So there aren't a lot of I mean, and, and Pitt has been solid now. They've not has not right. resulted in a postseason appearance, but they've been a lot better last three or four years. And so there's not a lot of gimme weekends anymore, but at the same time, you're also not getting that kind of bump the same way SEC clubs tend to. So when they missed regionals in 2021, now that was COVID season, weirdness, RPI stuff. I get it. But a lot of that was also due to the fact that, look, the ACC played 36 conference games that year and was kind of meh in the middle of it, right? Like it was, it was a fine, you know, but there weren't, yeah, there there weren't the number of standout teams that there were necessarily in the SEC, and so they weren't getting that type of bump that you might get for having just a pretty good record in in the ACC. So weirdly, I mean, I agree with your point. I'm not it's not a disagreement, but it does seem to kind of they're getting hit at both ends from it, almost like the worst of both worlds, where the league is tougher from top to bottom, but part of that is that the the top has kind of been dragged to the middle a little bit. Mm, fair. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Kendall, you have a mystery team in here, a team that you have a tough time figuring out? Yeah, I would go with Oklahoma State. And, you know, I think when you look at the, the Cowboys overall, I mean, you could you could really fall in love with their offensive lineup. I know they lose Rock Riggio and some guys like that. But, I mean, when you look at Nolan Schubert, uh, you know, Carson Binge, a two-way guy, Zach Earhart, Tyler Wolford, I mean, that's a really good quartet. Uh, I mean, that's a fantastic nucleus from an offensive standpoint. So the biggest question – with Oklahoma State is can Rob Walton kind of work his magic with Jansen Kiesel and, and Gabe Davis? You know, I saw Davis last year uh, at the Big 12 tournament. I mean, the dude was hitting like 96, 97, but you never really knew where the ball was going to go. So, you know, if you look at their numbers last year, you're thinking, oh, boy, that's their Friday and Saturday guy. But I'll tell you what, if they click, they could be two of the – they're clearly two of the more talented arms in the country. Can they be two of the more talent or two of the more – you know, better pitchers in the country. So I think if Rob Walton kind of work his magic there, Oklahoma State could be not only a good team, but a, a great team. Here's the tricky thing about Oklahoma State too is, is I mean, they, they've been to more regionals in a yeah. row than any other Big 12 program. Um, I feel like that's something a lot of people wouldn't guess. And they're at this point now where it's like, they're going to be in a regional. But yeah. then the, the question is like, and then what? Right? I mean, they, they've lost in some home regionals. They've had a... 
a number of regional appearances where it's like they go one and two and don't really make an impact. And um, they're at that. And look, it's, it's, it's being a little bit of a prisoner of your own success to some degree that the expectation is like, we're going to get to the postseason, but like, mm-hmm. what else, what have you done for me lately? That 2009 super regional, which still lives on in my heart because the, all three games were incredible um, is getting further and further in the rearview mirror. And that's a, that's a fan base and a program that's really, really proud. And the expectations are high there. I, I would say this too. I, I feel like Oklahoma State is one of those programs that I wouldn't say they've underachieved, but what they haven't done is really overachieved very often. I feel like this is a team that has a chance to overachieve if some things go right on the mound. Because I do think they're good. again, I think they're going to be really good offensively. So I just kind of wonder if you know if people kind of have them a little little bit lower in the pecking order going the season. Do they kind of go into the go into the year with a little bit of chip on their shoulder? So a little, maybe a little bit more, you know, a little more something to prove. I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like they're they're right to overachieve for once. Yeah, I, I could see it. It feels like it's a team that again is maybe lying in the weeds a little bit. Yeah. Um. With with you know, and part of it too is is you've got some you know some some nice additions on the mound that uh just need to kind of establish themselves in the Big Twelve. I mean, they're really high on Brian Holiday, this JUCO All American that they brought in, just a really high pitchability guy. But it's a little bit different going to the Big Twelve. You, you never quite know. I mean, he might be their Friday guy, and that's you know. I mean that that's it could work out great, but but who knows with with the JUCO guy, uh, and, and and Sam Garcia from High Point is another one. Um, you know, numbers last year were were not real good, uh, but he's got stuff. He, he's exciting, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see. It's, it's a, they, they, you got a few of those kind of guys where it's like, you know, there, there's there's ability, but we, we there's not a lot of track record. Yep, very fair. I I I agree with your guys' point right there. Like I I love Oklahoma State as an undervalued play. You know, like that suits them. That just where they are right now in the pecking order in college baseball suits them for 2024. Um, so that'll that'll be yeah. fun to watch. Oh, go ahead, Kendall. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, the big the Big Twelve with the realignment is fascinating because you know I think Houston's gonna be a solid club. We'll have more on this on Wednesday, but. You know, Houston's going to be a solid club. Oklahoma's a team that could very could have very easily been in this discussion with these other, with these twenty six to forty teams. And Kansas uh, is another team that could have been very well in the discussion as well. Hold that thought for a second, Kendall. Let me wrap up mystery teams. So I just want to put a bow on the West Coast. I I think that the Pac twelve has eight teams capable of doing damage, but you can't pick eight, right? That's that's a ridiculous number. The league is basically averaging a static five to six regional teams every single year. Um, you know, this list, we we got Oregon in there. We've got SC in there. We've got Stanford in there. Um, they've all got carrying strengths. They've all got question marks. They're, you know, I, I really believe in Arizona State. You guys know that. I really believe in Washington. I really believe in Cal. Cal's got two top 50 picks. Um, I think Air, I, I, if Arizona was a stock, I'd buy it. I'd buy a lot of it. It just this is a transition year, coach year three for Chip Hale. I just think it's it's going to be you know it's going to be a bridge year for what he wants the program to be. And in you know Washington State, just there, there's a lot going on there. And and Utah, I I love the steps they're taking, but I just don't know if they're ready to challenge that next group. The mystery team for me is Miami. I don't know what to make of Miami. If if Gino Damari had stayed as the head coach, I think I'd still be a little confused about Miami because they lost so much star power. I mean, Walters is gone. Um, uh, Kafis is gone. Uh, Yo-Yo Morales is gone. The shortstop, Patelli, has gone. I mean, they got a lot of people to replace. You know, Carson Ligon's gone. Um, but, you know, it's a it, JT, J.D. Arteaga. I didn't see that happening, but, you know, that's awesome that he's getting an opportunity. I just – I think Miami – to your point on Ole Miss, Joe, like super wide range of outcomes here. I don't know what to make of them. It's a tough year in the ACC. There's a lot of good teams there. Um, I, I'm really curious to see how it plays out. But Miami is a um, – I, I don't know. It's just there, there's not a ton of certainty there for me. I don't know if you guys disagree. Yeah. I think they should be pretty solid on the mound. Uh, but there's a lot of question marks with the lineup. I mean, there's some guys there that have been around for a few years and that have tools um, that they need to to make the next step now, you know, and there, there's not a lot of, of proven stalwarts really that they can lean on. And so we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, you know, there, there is talent, but definitely a wait and see team for me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, hey, I'll, quick, ahead, I'll quickly say that I, I wonder if Miami is a, is, is one where it's, there's been a little bit of sameness with the roster. Um, the last three to four years felt like they've always had a decent amount of carryover. And maybe maybe there is something to like, there's some mystery about this team. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe a little bit of like a hard reset might not be the worst thing. Now, 
you've still got a lot of the same people in the building. You know, JD Artiaga's obviously been around. So how much of a reset is that necessarily? I, I don't know. And but but I I just do wonder if like a little bit of change there and a little bit of mystery is maybe not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Very fair point. Hey, so let's let's do this. Kendall, you you kind of took us down this road. I think it's a good road to go down. So when you're doing these exercises, you can't help but think about what conference these teams are in, right? Like the conferences lend um context to these types of team conversations when when you don't really know who the team is right you you're, you're trying to figure out who they're going to be i'm going to give you guys four leagues i want you to describe to me which of these leagues was the most challenging for you to get your arms around as we started to think about these conversations you know remember you're thinking about we're doing conversations around um the field of 64 for the preseason the top 40 uh, you know, there, there's these conversations end up, you know, intersecting over and over again. So here's the four leagues, the new Big 12, the new American, the new Conference USA or the the coast coastal or coast Joe. What's this dang league called? The coastal, <laughs> the coastal athletic association. Yeah. The coastal. hippopotamus. Like, league, ah. The hippo league, um, the coastal, the, the CAA with Campbell in it like that's unique that's a really big change for Campbell that's a really big ad for the CAA so the four leagues what, what was the most challenging for you to kind of acclimate yourself to new big 12 um new conference USA new American new CAA go wherever you want like I'm using the word acclimate but what, whatever it, it was unique um how about the big 12 going from BYU to UCF how about how about that for a road trip um I think the Big 12 is really interesting to me, and I'm I'm diving into those diving into that league today for the Big 12 preview. But boy, the 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 middle of that league is really interesting when you look at you know Houston, Oklahoma, Kansas, West Virginia, you know UCF, you know Cincinnati with Jordan Bischel. You know he the guy has been successful at every single stop he's made in his coaching career, and you got to you got to figure that, that Cincinnati's going to get better. So that league right now, Bruins, I mean honestly, it looks very solid top to bottom. Uh, I mean, you're you're looking at maybe BYU and maybe Baylor as as kind of the two weak links there. Other than that, man, that leaves me pretty damn good. Yeah, I just want to touch on BYU. I would guess that you'll probably pick them near the bottom, and it, it's a this was the wrong year for them talent. to change leagues. Yeah, because they're they're young and talented, but yeah. it's it's easy to forget. Two years ago, BYU had like a top fifteen pitching staff, like ERA, mm -hmm. drafted players, so. Uh, it's not like BYU has been bereft of talented baseball players, but yeah. Uh, Joe and Fitzy, what say you, whether you want to talk about the Big 12 or one of those other joints? I'll go with the new American because I think I'm just fascinated by the idea of as time went on in the in the previous iteration of the American, East Carolina continued to kind of get further and further away. You know, they, they like they they can't even see the shoreline anymore. That's how far they've they've sailed out into the into open water. And so I'm kind of fascinated by this idea of you're bringing in Charlotte to this league, you're bringing in FAU to this league, uh, you're bringing in UTSA, and all of the all three of those programs have either been good for a long time in the case of FAU, or Charlotte and UTSA upstarts, programs that are building, programs that that feel like their best days might be in front of them as opposed to behind them. Can those programs be a serious challenger to East Carolina? Can this be? more consistently a two bid league. And and I don't mean, Oh, East Carolina lost in the conference tournament. So we're going to get two bids. Like can someone earn the second bid or is this going to be, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss shout out to the who. Um, and it's just like, Oh, actually just nobody can touch East Carolina. They're just that much better than anybody else. We're going to put in front of them. So it's less about wrapping my arms around the totality of the league and more just about, how do the rest of these teams compare to East Carolina? Are we going to see more of the same? Or maybe is this group of teams more prepared to compete at the top of the conference? Very fair. Uh, I'll touch on the CAA, and it's not a league that has the kind of dramatic makeover maybe of some of these others, but I just think throwing Campbell into this mix adds such a fascinating wrinkle um, because obviously we're really high in Northeastern. That was the team that you know I, I pounded the table for in the top 25 at the expense of, of, of probably of, of Troy, you know, a team that I really, really was also pounding the table for. We just ran out of room for, uh, lo love Troy this year. Um, but you know, you've got Northeastern the CAA and then you've got, 
um, Wilmington and Campbell. And it's like all three of them, you know, feel like they could be top 25 teams. And Campbell, of course, has kind of been the, the powerhouse here. Certainly they ran, they ruled the, the Big South with an iron fist. But um, now you're, you know, Campbell is in this league with with two teams that also feel very good and regular postseason teams. Uh, Wilmington, for me, when I, when I, you know, lined them up, we were debating Campbell or Wilmington for this top 40 list. And Wilmington's a team that I think has more certainty. You know, they're really very solid across the board. I mean, experience on the mound, experience in the lineup, um, you know, star power there with, with Tanner Thatch and, you know, Trevor Marsh and, you know, uh, rising stars, you know, Jack, Jack Croom's a proven player. Um, you know, you've got two weekend starters back, you get RJ sales coming off injury. That really makes that rotation better. I mean, they're a very balanced, very experienced team that's built to win this year. And so Campbell lost a lot from, from the team that was really good last year that almost hosted a regional. Um, are are they going to be able to just kind of come in here and muscle their way to the top anyway, because they recruit so well. I mean, it feels like a weird transition year for Campbell losing a couple assistant coaches and a lot of, a lot of talent from last year's team and the year year before that as well. Um, And so I'm just fascinated to see how, how this goes because they're certainly still talented. Uh, They they reload very well, but uh, it just feels like there's a little bit more uncertainty with them. And and I'm just curious to see how how those three teams kind of battle it out. And maybe somebody else plays spoiler here in this league, but it feels like those are the top three for sure. And it wouldn't surprise me if at various points of the season, all three of them are uh, in and out of the rankings. Fitzy, what I hear you saying is the, is the question in your mind, are the camels ready for the mean streets of Friedman diamond? And and New England, are they ready for that? Now I don't even know if they're playing there this year, Joe. You're shaking your head because really, no. In fairness, nobody's really ready for the mean streets of Friedman Diamond, correct? Yeah, you don't just walk into Friedman Diamond in Brookline, Mass, and expect to get out of there with wins. Like you're just trying to get out of the stadium alive. You know what I mean? Oh gosh, I'm looking to see if they. I don't think they go to Friedman. I don't think they play this year. Actually, I'm scrolling. Rise up, Brookline. That's Uh, a crime against humanity that those two teams are not going to play. Oh really? No, they don't play They're at all. Be changing oh, their bad. name of their league to something stupid. So sorry, yeah. Commissioner of the CAA, do better, boys. Brookline, I'm going to touch on. I should I should mention, of course, Brookline, uh, the opposite of Mead Streets. It's very uh, well healed, tunny neighborhood that uh, Friedman <laughs> Diamond is tucked into in there. Well healed is going to make it into a conference preview near you. I'm definitely using that expression. Well done, Fitzy. I'm pretty sure uh, former Governor Michael Dukakis lives right up the street from Friedman Diamond. So there it's, you uh, go. Yeah, it's a high rent. Thank you for that. Come, come for the, uh, come for the baseball. Stay for the political geography, uh, boys. Co- uh, conference USA is interesting because it's it's just a it's you know it's it's kind of like the whack East, I guess. I don't know. It's just confusing, but. There's a lot of like pedigree in this league. Like DBU is the is the ECU of this league. FIU, you know, it's Miami, but it's a new coach. Jacksonville State has had good history, and um, you know they they have kids that have transferred all over the SEC. Liberty went to three straight regionals five minutes ago. Louisiana Tech hosted a regional a couple of years ago. Middle Tennessee's had their moments, and you know New Mexico State had a you know top ten pick a couple of years ago, and they were rolling. They've got a new coach. Sam Houston's a program we all believe in. Western Kentucky is massively improved under Mark Reardon. So I, you know, the Conference USA feels like a one bid league because we just don't know any better. But it feels like there's way more potential than a one bid league there. I just I don't know the Conference USA is a league. I've got to see it play out. I just I have no idea what to make of that current construction other than DBU will be awesome. That's the only thing I can conclude at this point. Yeah, agreed. All right, Michael boys, Dukakis' final, wife oh, ahead, is Joe. named Kitty Kitty Dukakis, just for the that's, record. That's correct, yes. Yeah. What a great I was man. Out, looking the, at his Wikipedia page. Was he the one who ran against Reagan and won like one state? Bush. He ran against Bush in 88. Bush. Oh, okay. Fam- famously took a uh, ill-conceived photo on a tank. Oh, that's Walter Mondale. I think the one one stadium yeah. is Reagan. Let's get into it. Let's go year by year. Thanks for <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming out, Walter Mondale. Yeah. By the way, Geraldine Ferraro. Have, have you guys seen the the social media clip Duke, Duke baseball? One of their players, gosh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but he rattled off the World Series winner for every year oh, in the uh, history of the game of baseball. That's yeah, Chad Knight. Chad Knight. Yeah. You go, Chad Knight. Yeah, Unbelievable. Like today on on like. Instagram or something. Over a hundred years, this kid knows the World Series That's champion for every single year. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, please, please don't play that game with me. 
No, no, my, me either. I, hey, I will bow by out. the way, for those of us or those of you out there who have no idea who's in which conference this year, d1baseball.com slash teams. We do have updated conference uh, listings. So uh, you'll probably learn something because I can't tell you how many people that are, that are like, in, you know, in our feeds are like, oh, I didn't realize they were in that league this year. So the, the teams page on our site will give you a list of every single team and which conference they're in. Hand up. I think I still say that every time I, yeah. every time I look at these teams, like, oh, wait, they're, yeah. they're in this league now? The Conference USA? What? Yeah, I'm not oh. going to lie. I had no idea that Jacksonville State was in the Conference USA until I just looked. <laughs> Very good. All right, boys, final question, uh, and then we will wrap. Let's. Th- we were going to do our stock market game coming up. This will be just like a little appetizer, just a little like a like a like an inner squad scrimmage, if you will. Um, and the name of the game in the stock market game is you pick a team and you need them to have greater wins year over year than the year before. And we can we can duplicate. It's fine. This is not a real draft. This is a play draft. Um, it's a mock draft, if you will. Uh, Joe, I'll start with you since you're the youngest person on this call. Who would Thank who you. would be your pick here? Who who is the stock? of which you would like to buy a lot of. So we're and we're so any any conference any cuz I I I've done some any, honest to god research on this. I've got a list ready for Screenshot we, that baby. Screenshot it. You. Uh you can't read Joe's my handwriting. Cheating. Jokes on you. Um What's okay. Banging on the well, trash cans in the background. I won't give you one of <laughs> I won't give you one of my troll cuz like there are two buckets of of teams here, right? There are teams that we're just okay or decent last year. We think are going to be really good. And then there's teams we pick because it's like, well, they can't be worse. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll <laughs> avoid picking the, they can't be worse teams. Um, so give me, give me UCLA. It felt like everything went so wrong for them last year. Like it could not have gone more. No, they're wrong, a ranked right? team, Joey. I need you on the 26 to 40 list. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant just in general. You really were trying to cheat this right there. Yeah, well, it's really just a poor listening is really what it is. That's fair. Okay, so we're looking at the st- – well, is the the obvious answer is Florida State, right? I mean mm-hmm. – What was their overall again, record last year? You got that handy? Oh, runes are killing me. You got me looking poor, like – Florida quite I was, poor, Florida, Florida State's going to be like the most obvious one on here. Well, Ole Miss – make me – my wheels are spinning. Yeah. 23 and 31, uh, which is which I think is worse than Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah, Ole Miss not... really fell on dark times in the in league play. It yeah, wasn't... Ole, Ole Miss twenty five and twenty nine. So Florida State worse overall. So Florida State's the obvious answer. Apologies to listeners or uh, and runes for for not listening well there, but uh, Florida, yeah, Florida State. I, just again, not unlike UCLA, like that just went so bad so quickly, and for for reasons that were unclear to us at the time, and um. It just feels like, and they've done such an overhaul in the roster. It feels like they kind of understand what the problems were and what, what things, the holes they needed to patch. Uh, so I would anticipate that being quite a bit better. And I think our, our relative confidence in them suggests that we we all believe that as well. Yep. yep. Fitzy, what say you? Can I? Can, I mean, it's only one answer. It's Florida State. That's the answer. Do you have a? Yeah. Do, if you had to pick a second choice, who would you? Who do you like there? Ole, Ole Miss. I mean, for the reasons I talked about earlier, I I think that's a team that's going to be a lot better than they were last year. I just really like Florida State. Love what they did in the portal, uh, and I believe in the power arms. Fair, Kendall. What say you? Any other teams interesting to you in that vein? Well, the, the Ole Miss and FSU are the two obvious ones. You know, I, I do think you look at Louisville, and we talked about them earlier, so I won't dive into them too much. But, I mean, 10-20 in the ACC last year, 31 wins overall. This is a club that still has some versatility offensively, and if things kind of click on the mound, they could be pretty good. Uh, you know, Riley – you know, we we didn't talk about him because he's not listed as, like, a, a top three starter, but, like, you know, Riley Phillips, for instance, feels like he's been around that program forever. You just kind of wonder if kind of an older guy like him, you know, finally just – clicks in a big way this year if he does they could be pretty good but as you said earlier i mean the acc is very deep this year so they could be way better and they're still sixth or seventh in the conference yep very fair i you know the one team that that like indiana i can't pick because they won 43 games that's a lot of wins but i just like there's just a little bit of a shadow that's being cast by iowa for them and i think indiana is just I think that's an awesome team. Like I just, uh, yeah. I, I, it, you know, Luke Sennard's out for the year. That really hurts them because they, that the one area where they could have used more depth, but 
I, I Indiana's position player group, they're going to show up to some games. A lot of power. Are like, oh, man, like an experienced and talented. Um, the other team that's really intriguing to me is USC because they were kind of the opposite. They won 17 league games, but they were only 34, 23 and one. You know, this is a, one of the reasons I chickened out on them is because they don't have a field. Like they they literally have to practice and play their games an hour away. Now, I don't know, like didn't bug Dave Snow and the Long Beach State Dirtbags, I guess, but that was a long time ago. That was a different college baseball. But um, I don't know, like I, I just like Andy Stinkowitz to me is is ironic. It's ironic because they played last year, but there's a little bit of a Butch Thompson here where when I don't bet on Stanky and that coaching staff, I feel like I'm making a bad choice. I just feel like whatever the problem is, they're going to have solutions. So anyway, USC, very intriguing to me. Uh, all right, boys, that was good. We needed that. I needed that because now we have to go back to do our homework and writing previews. And and um, th- this is this is uh, tonnage time, Fitzy, right? This is where we have to produce. We have to be creators of content, if you will. Yeah, it's uh... – this is uh, that's it. Well said. <laughs> that's well said. Yeah. There's no better feeling for Coach Rooney than when I finish one of my conference previews and the Pac-12 is finished, and I get on Instagram and I find a GIF and a song that really expresses the just sheer exhilaration from when you've turned in a conference preview. There's only four of yeah. them, but each one feels better than the next. What What's funny about the the preview season is like Fit and I were talking about this the other day, but like. You get the you get the season preview done, and then twenty four hours later, the season starts. So it's yeah. always funny how that works out. It's like you have to earn the season, but it's yeah. good. It's 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 a good it's a good pain. That said, please read our work. You will not be disappointed. So much great stuff on there on SEC Extra on the D one site overall. I see a coupon right here. Twenty four season is the coupon. It's not nearly as sexy as Go Carrots Go. But the number 24 and the word season, and you will get 24% off. Again, you type go carrots go in there. God knows. Or fit 90. Fit 90. Fit 90 90. over the price. (laughs) Fit 90. We'll get you a tariff. Thank you. 24 (laughs) season at checkout. Get you 24% off. This is the perfect time. Every day there's incredible stuff to read on the site. So, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Uh, Good evening. Everybody have a great week, and we will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Bosch tools are built for workers. The Bosch 2-in-1 impact driver and impact wrench quickly changes between bits and sockets to help get jobs done without having to switch tools. Bosch tools, what hard workers deserve. Learn more at BoschTools.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.